Most of you have smartphones. Smartphones, you know what those are? <laughs> Smartphone. Yeah, most of you now have. Now, if I said this 25 years ago, over half of the people had no computers, no smartphones, no nothing. But more today. So most of you have computers or have access to computers, been around computers. But if you haven't, you may not get this as well as people that have had computers. A computer will frustrate you to, to hate in life. The other day I'm going down the road and I said, hey, Siri, call Chris Barrows. And she goes through the process and then cuts me off. I said, hey, if, if the first time isn't good enough, you say it louder the second time. <laughs> hey, Siri, call Chris Barrows. And she'll say she does and cut you off. And and I said I said I said I, I I hate Siri. You can hate Siri because it's not a person. You're not supposed to hate people, but you can hate a non person. Yeah, I hate a non it's a rule. It's found in Second William chapter two. Uh, but the Siri pops a toot on you. And what you have to do to heal to heal her is to reset her. You have to re, you have to turn the phone off. Leave it off for a minute. And then turn it back on. And it has a, if you have if especially if you have Apple, it has a program that starts up called a management program. And it'll it'll kind of fix a lot of the glitches that have crept into your phone because you left it on too long or your computer you've left it on too long. They get glitches in them and It'll unglitch it for you. Most of the time, that will fix your problem. And I did it. I did it, put it on her, asked her to call. She called Chris. He was sorry about that. And uh, I'll call Chris sometimes. She said, now, don't call Chris. It's after hours. And I said, what's he doing? I know. I know. I tried to leave him alone. But all of us, all of us, we got these phones, and we get glitches in them and reset them. And I think... I see in the Bible where God resets us. Sometimes He resets our priorities. He resets our perspectives. Everything for a long time ago along normally, without glitches. And you think kind of get, if we're, as human beings, we kind of get to where we think that's maybe the way it's going to be. Smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. You get a massive heart attack or you get a cancer diagnosis or you get an automobile accident. Economic tragedy. I've been through numbers of recessions. Black Tuesdays where the stock market went that. All the money in the stock market went to about half. People thought they were rich, and then they weren't. And, um, and then we have what we had just last Wednesday, which was this massive hurricane. 62 years we went without one of those kind of hurricanes where water, you can't prepare for water. We put hurricane shutters up. We can prepare for wind. We can build better roofs. We can nail stuff down. We can, 
when we do all the newer codes, and we can go Monroe County codes, and we can do better on wind, but there is just nothing that you can do about water. When the water comes in, and I know Brother Morris is not here tonight, but they got, they're at least 12, I think they're about 12 feet above the canal where they live. He's the highest house in his area. And he got about six inches of water in his house. He said, I'd call him and he'd say, it's four feet from the house. We're still good. The next time I called him, it was in the house. Now, some people had a worse experience than that. Uh, Brother Philbert, he had three, four feet in his house, right? Some people had five feet where they were, it was up to their neck, getting up on the countertops. Um, Basically, when it gets that deep in your house, you lose everything in the house, clothing, everything that you've accumulated. God is resetting you. He's helping you. It's not the way we would do it, and we'd never ask for it. And I remember my mom and dad doing some things to me that I never would have voted for. I said, I don't think I need that. And they said, yeah, you do need that. But it changes our life perspective. Uh, the people that live on the beach, we have quite a few people here at Gospel Baptist that have houses on the beach, right on the beach or one road in from the beach. Bob Carney, most of you know him. He's on Fort Myers Beach as a duplex, still home duplex. His truck was in the garage, underwater. All these tools. He had tools of every kind, underwater, saltwater. Plus, they're not letting you back in so you can wash them off. He's not even here. He's in Kansas. And they won't let they won't let you on unless you are the actual owner of the home or you get an affidavit of such. And Carney said, "Don't do it." He didn't want us to go. I was trying to would like to get in or get his tools and wash them or at least save something. No. We had uh, Neil Walling with what everything else is going on with Neil. His house, his uh, studio and garage flooded, car flooded. People on the west side of Forty One. That's a flood area. You know what it is. The east side. Look at we're just we're just on the east side. Just on the east side. No no water damage. No water damage. I have a hunch that the places like the place and Verdana where we live are gonna sell out in the next couple of years. People decide they're gonna move a little bit inland, maybe drive to the beach and enjoy it, and then move a little inland away from these kind of storms. I don't know, but I, I got a feeling there'll be a demographic shift. We're never going to be the same. It'll never be the Fort Myers Beach or the Bonita Beach or Sanibel or Pine Island or Costa that it was. Things are being reset. Most of you know about Neil and, and Sandy Walling, and I every time I welcome folks, and uh, I think of Sandy Walling when Sandy Atto was playing the piano. I think about her. I think about her. She was just here to play the piano and, and here to sing for us just not long ago. Things were going along normal, pretty normal for her, pretty straightforward. And all of a sudden, a little different, a little pain. Six weeks later, she's in heaven. Six weeks later. And... Uh, a reset for Neil, a complete reset for Neil, a new life for Neil Wallen. Bob Bob Rose. Now Bob Bob was more predictable. He was ninety six years old. Is correct? Ninety 
95. You're going to correct me for one year. Okay, he was 95 years old, going on 96. And he, uh, you know, when people get 90, you don't get surprised. You shouldn't be surprised if somebody dies, okay? You shouldn't. You know life, you know. But even at that, it's a reset for Maryland Road. Brand new life from the home alone. Same thing with your husband, Ben, going along gets COVID. How many people got COVID and recovered? But not everybody did, did they? And so many others got reset. God did that. In my 42 years here, I've seen that happen over and over again. I've gotten where I don't assume anything's going to be normal. A Hurricane Ian now has uh, reset us and changed us. It should be no surprise for us in southwest Florida that it happened. But yet it is. People said, I never thought it happened in my lifetime. I never thought I'd see it. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Job chapter 1. Where else could you go? When God resets our life, I'll read Job now, and then we'll do this later. In Job chapter 1, verse 20, most of you know it, and I'll not review the whole thing. Verse 2, 21, 20, 21, and 22. Job hears all that God has done. And I say God because the Satan did it, but he had permission. What we learn from Job is nothing happens in a Christian's life without God giving permission. Satan will do the dirty work. But he has to ask God permission, and God made parameters. You can take all he has. And then that didn't work, and Satan came back and says, man will give everything for his skin for skin. He'll give everything for his life. He said, okay, you can take his health away from him, but you can't take his life. I don't know about you, but that encourages me that God's got that kind of care about me and you. My life's not going to be taken until God says, it's time to come home, Bill. And then nobody's going to keep you here at that point. So we see with Job, he says, he heard all this. Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And worshipped. And said a statement that I've quoted over and over again. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. And I think that's some, that's some great verses to meditate upon for sure. Don't charge God. Don't say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into a little bit more. What did Job do when it happened? When it happened, when he heard all this horrible news. Well, first of all, he grieved. He grieved. Look at the verse there. He grieved. He arose, ran his mantle, shaved his head, fell on the ground. He grieved. There's nothing wrong with grieving when you have loss in this life. You worked hard for your material possessions. You, you've, pay, you've paid a heavy price for the, for the things that you've been able to buy. Now, you know, it may be an old junky Ford truck, but you worked hard to have it. Or it may be a, a, a new uh, gray ghost, but you worked hard to get it. 
or whatever it is. It's your own stuff. Whatever little stuff you got, you got, and that's what God gave you. And when you lose it, it's going to hurt your feelings. Years ago in a stock market crash, I told my wife to take some of her IRA and put it in bank stock. If I ever tell you to put money, buy stock, don't do it. I could write a book on what stocks never to buy. And so we lost 20 grand in a matter of, uh, it just evaporated. This was her hard-earned, blood, sweat, and tear, little by little money that she put up. I said, put 20 grand in it, you're double your money. It evaporated. And at $2,500, I told her, sell it. Now, what I didn't realize, it went to zero. Well, you'd have never got your money back. It went to zero. Then GM stock went down to about three bucks a share, and I said, man, we ought to buy GM stock. I said, I've never seen GM stock that low. You buy GM stock, it'll go back up to $30, $40 a share, and whoa, that'll be... We didn't do it, praise God. I didn't do it, because GM went to zero. I didn't know stock could go to zero. I thought it always had to be like a penny, and you still had a part of the company. No, they just like, all that stock's gone, and all those retirees on GM got ripped off. Some, many, many people should have went to jail over that. Executives and GM and all them people made that problem. They should go to jail for robbing those people that put their money with them. Didn't work, did it? What did that teach me? Nothing is secure. Put your money in gold. Put your money in silver. Put your money in land. Put your money in the stock market. Nothing really is secure because it may stay and you may die. But he grieved, and there's nothing wrong with grieving. I think it's normal, necessary part of healing a wound is to grieve. And I'll be honest with you, for a couple of weeks when we lost that 20 grand, that might not mean, that amount of money may not mean much to you, but that's massive for me. And I, I felt horrible about that. I, 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 I felt so bad about it, I felt bad about feeling bad. I said, God, I shouldn't feel bad about losing 20 grand. I shouldn't feel bad. And, I, and then I would start feeling bad again. And my and my beside my wife feeling bad. I appreciate you giving me that tip. But you know, I mean, and maybe I beat myself up a little too much because Job, when he had losses, he when he had these losses, he he grieved about it. He was sad for it. There's something wrong with you if you run around and say, "Oh boy, I took a big beating today." <laughs> something wrong with you if you have a house on the beach and it's gone. He said, oh, boy, I had a house wiped out by God today. Whoa, wasn't that a great day? There's people who call me and say, oh, praise the Lord, brother, no matter what happened. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. It's easy to praise the Lord when somebody else is losing it. But I want to see you lose it and praise the Lord. And then I'll go with it. You lose it and say, well, praise God. Well, they, I think he said that. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, right? I'm good with that. But when somebody else loses it, that's not your place to be saying, oh, just praise the Lord, bless God. Unless you want to get a black eye. It was Christ that yelled out from the cross, my God, my God, and he did yell that, by the way. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? People come to me and say, preacher, I feel bad about asking why, but I just feel like I need to ask God why. And I said, ask God why, it's okay. He's not going to tell you. 
But you can ask him. Jesus said, why? You tell me God manifests in the flesh, incarnate in human flesh, didn't know why. He knew why. But in his humanity of suffering, in the moment of his most anguish of becoming sin for us, it overwhelmed him to the place where he would say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In anguish cried out to God, why? You may be alone sometimes and say, why, Lord, am I alone? No problem with that. There's really no problem with that. You can over-condemn yourself on it if you want to, but no problem. We're human, man. We're not robots. We're not robots. We operate with emotions. We have them. Never question God's integrity. Absolutely not. But humanly speaking, you can cry about stuff, wail about stuff, asking why I think is normal. But that's what Job did. But he's not going to tell you. More than likely, you can bet he's not going to tell you why. Because 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19 says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. When you don't know why, you just you commit it to God. I, I just know that God's good. Amen. God's good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and knoweth them that trust in him. I know God's good. The devil's whispering in my ear. He's not good. If, maybe your neighbor whispers in your ear, if God was good, if your God was so good, why did he do that? If your God was so good, why'd you get that? If your God was so good, why does this happen? God never promised me a rose garden. I think that was a song, son. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 through 10 says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. We were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we even despaired even of life. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should why? Why would you have the sentence of death in yourself that we should not trust in ourselves? What God, one of the big things God is doing is causing you to trust him and not, not your economic prowess, not your positions, not your power, not your abilities, but he's taking the legs out from under you so that you'll trust in him. Trust him. He's looking for people who are willing to trust him. So, but it, but he said, we're, we're not trusting ourselves when the God that raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and that delivering you will yet deliver us. Paul got a, Paul and Job, if I may say, got reset by God. And both of them had the similar reactions. They grieved. It's okay. They despaired. Paul said he despaired of life. Okay. He cried out to God. Okay. But in everything, he trusted God for the outcome. Somehow through it all, quietly, with God, you say, bless God. How can you do it? Because you know he's good. How can you do it? Because you know the losses here are not permanent. These are not permanent losses. These are temporary losses. Even life. Even with Sandy Walling going to heaven. Now she's in an eternal situation, but she was in a temporary situation. He knows what's best. So the process of loss, as I looked at it, was we grieve, we worship God in spirit, even in the losses. And we confess the obvious to God that he really, he gives everything to us. 
and he can take everything back. Uh, Barrels, they got small kids. A lot like small kids for about 10 minutes. And I like small kids because they're, there's no hypocrisy. And you can give like a toy to one of your kids, right? It's easy. They're happy. Give a new toy to your boy. Woo! He's happy. He gets his new toy. But there's coming a crisis. And that's when you got to take the toy away from him and say it's time to go to bed. Time to go to bed. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. When the, when the wind was blowing in the midst of the storm in my house, and it's, it's, I would say, it's wild. I mean, it's wild, you know. 125 mile an hour, whatever, is wild. Sounding wild, feels wild. Irma at my house was stronger. It was 145. It was, it was felt wild. My, my house actually vibrated. The ground actually vibrated with the wind. And I thought to myself, wow. I hope the roof don't come off. I hope a tree don't fall on my house and then cause a roof to come off. Or a tree fall on the house and cause a bunch of water to come in. You know, you're thinking about that stuff. You're saying, oh, Lord, prayer life's good. Prayer life's good. Helps you out. Lord, help us. And my key verse this, this storm was, the angel of the Lord camp round about them that fear him, and he delivereth them. I kept saying that. The angel of the Lord camp round about. Please camp round about. But, and some of you guys, in the case of the Nas, where they got flooded, they didn't get that. The, the, the angel said, "No, we're not going to, not going to stop. That's not. God never promises to preserve your stuff. He will preserve your soul. He will preserve your soul. You can trust that. God's going to preserve your soul all the way home." Job chapter. Two, if you go to chapter 2, verse 13, his friends came to comfort him. <laughs> Even his wife came in chapter 2, verse 9. Then his wife said to him, Does Solomon still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good advice. And that, but what he said is profound. In verse 10 he says, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we, listen to these words, shall we receive good at the hand of God? And everybody said, Amen. We love good. We love good. And shall not receive evil. In the case of evil now, that word means bad. It doesn't mean wicked. It just means bad. So we receive good at the hand of God, and we say, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And then, But it's the same token. He says, shall we not receive with the same basic thanksgiving if it's God's will bad when it comes? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. And then in verse 13, all, all his friends come to him, and they sat down with him upon the ground seven days. This amazes me. And seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. I learned something from this, and at school, they tried to teach us how to comfort people with that suffer great loss. 
And here was here was kind of what these old birds taught us. They took it right out of this. Don't spout Bible verses to people in pain. They know the Bible. Don't go to them and start quoting scripture to them. You may mean well. I am not questioning whether you mean well or not. I believe you do mean well. I just think you're ignorant of how to comfort folks. Because we can learn how to comfort people from the Bible. These men showed up with Job after he had lost his health, he had lost his wealth, he had lost everything but his wife, who told him to curse God and die. And they sat with him for seven days and seven nights and never said a word to him. Don't ever tell somebody that's in pain you understand. Boy, I got whipped to, I got ripped to shreds one time doing that. Somebody had lost a, a loved one, and I sat down beside him, and I said, I feel bad for you, loss, and I understand. And man, all the anger they had pent up, they put it on me. You don't understand anything. You have lost nothing. And they just went, and, and all of what they said was true. And I deserved it. Because I was just, I didn't know what to say, but I thought I ought to say something. But if you don't know what to say, say nothing. Silence, putting your hand on somebody's uh, shoulder or something, is probably some of the best comfort they're ever going to, because you, there's not possibilities you can get inside their head and understand what they're going through. They know that, you know, and really you know that. But in your intention of encouraging them, do what these boys did. Few words. But they had a presence there. They showed up. They had a presence with them. They may have, the Bible says we laugh with those who laugh and we cry with those who cry. But be silent with them. I like in James 1.19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, listen to what they got to say, but slow to speak. Slow to speak. Then it goes on and says, slow to wrath. So, what God has done for our area, and I'm already hearing all kinds of uh, wild predictions, what's going to happen here in southwest Florida. God has, if, 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 reacted, if reacted to correctly, God will help us. He'll help us to be better. There's one time I was upset with uh, having stuff. I don't know if you ever get upset about having stuff. But the more stuff you have, the more it weighs down on you. The more responsibility it has, the more care. You buy burglar alarms. You lock stuff up because people want to steal it. And I got, I got envious of those who didn't have anything. I thought, man, they don't lock their doors. People come by to their car and they leave money inside. You know, they go like, man, I feel bad for this guy. Here's a few bucks. I told my wife we were going to church that night. 
And I said, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if this house burnt to the ground and took everything we have with it. I would feel free. Now, you, you may have a tighter grip on things than that, but there was some exhilarating freedom I had with that. That what I had to do to say that, I had to let it go. I let my little sweet stuff go. You say, you don't have to say, oh, I got sweet stuff. I got, I got tools and, and other things that I have per- accumulated over a period of time that are, are precious to me, you know, if you want to call it that way. They mean something to me. My wife, the other day she had, she had her, did you, Kathy, where are you at? Grandma's China, what was that? You, have, you had two sets of China. Who, who, whose China were they? And your mom's? So that has sentimental feeling. I said, we need to give them away while we're alive. While we're alive. So I see her packing that china up. There a few days later, a few weeks later, she's packing that china up. I go, what are you doing? She says, I'm going to give this china away. I go, ooh, freedom. Freedom! From those things that possess you rather than you possess them. So, you may not want to do that. I, I've advised a lot of old people, don't wait till you die to distribute your wealth. Distribute your wealth while you can see and hear and enjoy your kids reaction or your grandkids reaction bible says a just man's right store up for his children's children and so you can you can enjoy i'm not talking spoiling them to where they you know don't ruin them i don't have enough to ruin anybody but some of you may have enough to where you could ruin somebody too much too quick but may god help us as he's reset us and give us grace. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving us. And far as I know, far as I know, nobody at Gospel Baptist was lost their life or really lost their health. Now, there may be some, we, but we do not know of anybody. We know of people who've lost their homes, people who've lost their material possessions. But nobody that I know of at Gospel Baptist has lost their life or lost their health due to the storm. But thank you for reminding us how temporal this life is and how temporal our stuff is. Help us to use it and not be possessed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 239- Thank you and God bless.